Hey everyone. So one of the um, most powerful sort of learnings out of all this crazy is, <clears throat> you know, don't argue with the universe because you will lose and you will lose every time. <laughs> so whilst you may not want something to be so, Um, if you don't want it to be so, then you have to commit to figuring out why it is. <coughs> why is it so? And the thing about the plant medicine ayahuasca is it is scientific and it is magical. It is many things, um, but it is a cleanser. Above all, it is a purifier. <coughs> These plant medicines cleanse, purify. They get all the gunk out of your system. And even when you're down there in the jungle, wherever it is that you do the medicine, um, you know, in many ceremonies, you're going to puke and shit, and there's tons of phlegm that comes up because, you know, if you've kept stuff in your organs and, you know, that's, you know, emotionally, your organs suffer because there's an emotional issue going on. Like around the lungs is sadness, around the, I think the kidneys is anger. <coughs> and, you know, each organ has a very powerful connection to an emotion. Um, so in the end, it's a cleanser and it doesn't stop cleansing. In other words, once you go in, um, it will continue and continue and just, it depends on how far you want to travel with this thing. When I say this thing, with this, this incredible, miraculous piece of divinity, because, mm, it can cleanse you eternally and take you to all different sorts of places and deepen your relationship with it. So, in the end, <coughs> there's cleansing. And um, if I were to look back, I mean, the other day I woke up, I didn't wake up, I was in the gym and I was like, God, you know, there's a sudden realization of, I've been in hell for the last 60 years, like literal hell. <clears throat> and I didn't know I was in hell. I didn't know I was so deeply living in this toxic waste dump. It was like keep thinking of those images of those starving children that have to go into the waste dump, you know, to get food, right? It's horrific. And it was literally like living there and I had no idea, none, that everything was initiated and ignited by, you know, this selfish, manipulative, 
energies, these energies that were awful, these people. And <clears throat> what I had done, which was, I think, the most difficult thing to, to get to it, you see, I had built a no zone, a no go zone, you know, it's like a no fly zone for these parents. So what I had said in my system, I had made them work, you know, and I think the most, I had, you know, um, legitimized them because I had no, nothing to contrast the experience with. And that was the most difficult thing to penetrate, was to betray them. It was a betrayal if I were to really see the truth of them. I couldn't do it. I would not betray them. And so, and even if it was one that was really the predator, even his accomplice, I had, you know, I had to, I stalled on giving them both up because <clears throat> that gets you to zero. Like, well, then there was no one? Yeah, no one. Right? And that's very difficult to do. It's a huge leap. And if you have been traumatized and abused and used and whatever early on, it doesn't get you closer if you refuse it. It doesn't give you points. You don't make it better by pretending it isn't happening. It actually makes it worse, but it's a great survival mechanism for when you're powerless and hopeless and little, right? It doesn't make it better by not knowing the truth. It actually separates you even more. Because, well, but again, as when you're little, you, you, know, you need to not know that truth or it could be, you know, who's going to feed you? You're three or four, whatever, right? But, you know, if I'm living, you know, with someone who is a murderer and I refuse to see that they're a murderer and that they're evil or whatever, that doesn't make them less of a murderer or less evil. It's just makes it palatable, you know, I'm able to function as long as I can, you know, refuse the truth. <coughs> it makes it palatable as a child when you have no, you know, way of coping. You have to reframe the picture if you have no power. You know, if somebody comes into your apartment and they've got a gun and, you know, they say, get on the floor, you're like, oh, okay, okay, all right, I'll do it. You're going to agree. The problem is that that person has a gun against your head eternally, so you build a relationship with that person and you convert that relationship from, you know, evil predator to... Perhaps he's not so bad after all. So, oh, okay, he's a good person. So here's the deal. So that's really it. I mean, it's... You know, when you 
take ayahuasca, there's no, it's not halfway, you know, it will, you will see everything. And by the way, it's not, <clears throat> I was actually listening that the Shipibo don't see it as a mother, it's a mother, it has both feminine and masculine quality, it's called uni. I only see it as a mother because it comes to me as a mother, you know, it will come to you as whatever, you know, it, you need for your particular circumstances. Um, it's come as deities for some people from different religions, like you know, in India and stuff. So it's all very, you know, it's 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 relative to whatever it is that you know you need or you want or whatever your customs are. So it's a cleanser, a truth teller. It will allow you to see the all of you. And, um, you know, she had shown me very clearly these two screens. One was pure black and one was me coming out of the black to hang out with the Indians. So, in particular, I have Indians, male Indians, very powerful male Indians as healers around me because I suspect I had such a horrible father that um, it's a way of healing my child of that toxicity. And I have Indians, again, mostly male, that are with me as a child and also the Shipibo, the Indian women. But there's, it's a, there's a very powerful healing um, with the Indians. And I don't mean Indians as people, I'm talking about Native American Indians that come. So, wherever the damage was done to you, um, the appropriate guides, etc., will show up to allow you to heal. And ultimately, the healing is about leaving. So if you're in this, you know, down a well for 60 years, which I was, and it's slowly been, you know, everything's been shown to me, then, you know, it's, you have to look at what you built in relation to that, right? And what you built, and that means all your beliefs and ideas and all your connections and attachments to those people are severed. And I say severed, they are dissolved by the actual realization of who these people truly are. And <coughs> in my, you know, terrified little mind, I had made them work. I had made them legitimate, I had authorized, I had found pity and victimhood for them and all sorts of, I mean, really sort of a, a Christmas list and Santa's bag of excuses for them to be okay and all sorts of crazy, you know, versions of my relationship to them, which was to save them and to be a missionary for them. And it was all constructed in this 
you know, barely conscious, terrified, fuck, I'm going to die world. And, you know, I have to, you know, I have to make something out of this dungeon. I've got, you know, I didn't see it as a dungeon at the time. That's the whole thing. I didn't recognize it as such because you don't. You're a traumatized child. You don't recognize. But what you do recognize is survival. That's a very primitive thing, right? And for me to survive, they couldn't be who they were. They had to be my version of them. And that's what you're really doing in trauma is, so if something terrible happens to you early on, later on, in order for it to go away, you're going to change reality. You're going to, you know, that's what addiction is, right? You're going to alter your state of being. I can't, I can't deal with it, so I'm going to drug up, drink up, whatever. You cannot be in the reality. It's too much. It's too much for you. Whatever it is that you do, it doesn't really matter. I binge, whatever, Netflix. The reality of feeling that feeling or being around that situation is just too much. And it's in you, right? Because by the time that you finish living with them for the lot for, you know, 16 years or whatever, 50, I don't know how many years you live with them, you've already, you've been dipped and, you know, in it for a long time. So you've built a person around it and accommodated it. And what's interesting is that once you start to go into it, I remember reading um, in an ayahuasca description of a center that there was this one thing that you could do that would get not just the first layer but the second layer and third layer of our personalities. And, and I thought that's really brilliant because the deeper you cleanse, the deeper you see how your attachments were made. And they're very subtle, you know, like I had an energy in me that laughed at the ayahuasca, that mocked her. And that was part of what I, the energetic mold inside of me. I had energies that were like, um, you know, I need to, she needs to feel good. More important than, I'm talking about a parent, you know, they need to feel good versus I never think, well, I need to feel good, but they need to feel good, right? So the deeper you go, the, the, the more you see your, the way that you've survived, connected to these crazy people. And there are always little switches of, you know, of, of versions, you know, oh, you know, they need to be looked after and, you know, I don't matter, you know. And it's really basically, no one's here for me, so I might as well just give it up, right? So, we literally sculpt ourselves around these people and, and trauma really is the cleansing of the darkness of the toxins, the cleansing of that relationship. And it's also, you know, physical, it's in your system. That's why there's so much phlegm and 
and and I'm not just talking about there's other plants, but you know, plant medicines. There's tobacco. There's uh, what is that? Uh, a bing, what is that? Um, oh, there's an African one. There's there's uh, there's tons of them. Master plants. Whose job it is to really sift through your every cell and your organs and clean all your shit out because it's all been sitting there. If there's been fear and anger and whatever. In the end. It's joy. You just want to come back to joy, right? Um, to be at one with the universe. To like, you know, to find joy. And to not live in, you know, this, this dungeon. Or a lie. Or a construction of a lie. So the only way for me to cleanse was to actually see the truth of them, which I had no idea. I had so, I was so terrified that I had rebuilt fantasies around them that were ridiculous. That's all what I can say is ridiculous. I could not, I didn't see them. I never saw them. I just saw my version of them, superimposed. So it's like, you know, living in the Arctic and seeing palm trees and beach. But you're in the Arctic. Uh, no, not as far as I'm concerned, I'm on a beach. Well, that doesn't work, right? That doesn't work. And, you know, we all have deep motivations for what we do. And those motivations are the engine of getting up in the morning, right? And if your motivations have been built in trauma, um, once those motivations have been seen, they no longer, nothing sort of works. It's literally like someone, you know, you think you've been watching a Disney movie and then it becomes a horror movie and you think, what the fuck? You know, I was watching a, you know, I was watching Mary Poppins. What what the fuck is this? You know. Zombie land. Because it's too terrifying to see the truth when you're little. It's just too overwhelming. And now, yes, you can, you know. And yes, you can, again, only through the loving and guided embrace of the great ayahuasca or whatever plant spirits you do. For me, it's ayahuasca. And you have to, so, you know, don't argue with the universe because you will lose every time, but also commit to finding out who you are. Like, commit to healing yourself through you. And if you take up arms for yourself, you have to become a warrior. And you have to go slay the dragon that lives within you. And 
you know, if you think you've been, you know, <laughs> in Disneyland for a long time, and suddenly, you know, Disneyland sort of melts into a a zombie horror show. You have to be able to sit through that and accept that. And then, so what happens is that, you know, this if you've built this sort of version of this self, which is in Disneyland and it's in complete and utter denial of what's going on. When the scene melts into the, you know, the zombie horror show, that means whatever you built also melts with it. And all your motivations and your beliefs are slowly just dissolved. And And that's when your truth starts showing up. And there's nothing you can do to um, reinvent it. In other words, as a child, in that kind of perilous place, you have all the motivation for survival to build whatever falsehood you need to survive that particular situation. Once, you know, if you go through the process of like tearing it all down, that's slaying the dragon, then, I mean, there's a, when those motivations are gone, you can't reinvent another life. It's impossible. I mean, I don't think it's possible. I mean, again, who knows anything, but it's very difficult to say, oh, right, let me just, there's this kind of like, all your power's gone. Like all your, all the power that, it, it's not actually your power, it's the power you, you created to build a, a stadium that's a complete falsehood, right? Once you tear it down, all of that motivation is gone. There is no will, there's no will to build another self because you've torn down the monster. The only reason you built all that because it was a monster that you're escaping. And it's interesting because even when I was doing meditation, my daily, you know, dreams for two years, like nonstop was, you know, someone was chasing me and I was going to die. Basically, death is the, the terror as a child, right? I'm going to die. Someone's going to kill me. They're going to come in here. It's going to be over. I have no defense mechanisms. I'm over, right? Um, after ayahuasca, if you, if you do this prolonged cleansing journey, which is prolonged, and it is endless, um, your spirit now sort of emerges, and you can't, you just can't, you know, you don't have the energetic momentum to, you know, falsify anything. You have it as a child because you're literally helpless and powerless and so so the two things collapse. It's like once you see the monster, once you see the truth, once you understand 
what happened, you know. The truth of it, like once you get that kind of aerial drone view, um, and once you actually see the embodiment of what it was that terrified you or that, you know, you know, basically you tear down all the, the structure of this thing that you built, then it's like, okay, you can't build another falsehood. It's all been torn down. There's no energy for it. None of it lives in you. So it's a sort of death. It's a very powerful death, both of the lie and the falsehood and of you, right? I mean, we're just motivation. We're energy. We move because something moves us to do something, right? We don't, that's all that kind of gets us to act is motivation about for something. There has to be a belief, there has to be some kind of motivation. And um, for me it was like a full, it's this fully, this thing became this fully roaring physical entity that literally comes up through me. And it doesn't want me to give it all up, right? You know, we built this whole superstructure about you're this, remember you're this, you're supposed to do that, you're supposed, and it's like, you know, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me, it doesn't frighten me, it doesn't, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can fully see it. And as I said before, you know, we live on the other side of these dark energies. We don't, that's, and, you know, it's threatening because it's on the verge of death. You know, it threatens you. Like, I'm here so that you don't give up what you built. I mean, you know. Um, it's, its motivation was, you've got to go save someone, you've got to go <clears throat> become someone and and you know that no longer it doesn't matter right there's no once you've seen the because of the gargantuan infinite gargantuan continent of lies that were built emotions that were stored I mean it literally is like disassembling a whole energetic battalion of beliefs and ideas per a person but there's still the notion of, well, you know, without this, you, you have to trust. It's interesting. I think there are layers of trust. So as you enter the spirit world or as this kind of whatever medicines you take, it's always testing you to trust it, right? How much are you going to willingly give over? How much are you willingly going to tear down? How, much, how far are you willing to go? It's really a test to give up everything you thought you were. It's a big one. It's a big one. And I don't know. I mean, I you know, <clears throat> I'm sure there is more, but it really is like 
it's really, I can see behind it is a terror of if I give everything up. You know, what lies beyond? I don't know. That's the terror for any, anybody is like, okay, I've built my fortress. I've built my, you know, I've spent all these years surviving by doing this. Now, it's all been torn apart. You, there's, you can't, in other words, you can't go backwards. You can't go back into it, right? You're always getting closer to the precipice because you can't say, oh, well, no, no, let me just b rebuild that fortress because I really want to be motivated by a monster that abused me when I was a kid. You know? <clears throat> and I want to go out and drug up in order to avoid the feeling of that. Yeah, You're not going to want to go back there. <clears throat> so you, once you start dismantling, you're in this kind of no man's land because you can't go backwards because you've seen it all and it's horrible. And now you have to keep moving forward. And um, you don't know where that forward looks. You don't know what that forward looks like. If you've only, this is actually interesting, if you've only been in a particular scenario you didn't even, you were built there in this one, let's say you were in a one room and in this one room all this stuff happened and these people were there and you were built there. And then somebody says, okay, you know, that was shit. Let's take, let's tear that all down. It was awful. It was all a lie. There were monsters. There were evil, blah, blah, blah. You tear it all down. <clears throat> well, you don't know. Even if, it, if it's really you, like somebody said, listen, well, that was never you. That was just the building of this you know, this monstro, whatever, you built this, this uh, submarine, you know, this. Now, you know, it's been torn apart. Now you're going to be who you are. In a way, that's terrifying, right? It's like, I, I don't know who that is. I've never known that. How can I trust that? And that's what you need to trust. That's kind of the next stage. It's like, okay, <clears throat> I need to trust this person I've never known, but it's who I am. That's completely weird to say, but very true. It's like, I have to trust the person I've never known. And, <clears throat> you know, she's real, or he's real, or whatever, right? They're real. They're the thing that you were always meant to be. This other thing was just a side gig that you got, you know, caught up in some kind of like police car chase or something, I don't know. Because I can literally look back and go, wow, that was 60 years of hell. That was 60 years of being, you know, held captive. That was 60 years of, you know, stumbling about in the dark, making up stories about people that were, you know, not very nice. <clears throat> so what now? Now I don't, you know, you know, can I trust, I suppose that's the word, I need to trust my own innate um, intuition, the thing that I've never actually trusted. I don't know what that looks like, right? But that's the next kind of test.
It's the next part of the slaying of all of this. It's a part of leaving. It's like somebody opens a window and you see the outside, you know? And now it's like, okay, if you've been in a dark room for the last 60 years, now, you know, you need to walk out into that sunlight. You've got to trust it. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust your truth. So there's a continual cleansing and testing and trusting. And those are the difficult steps. It's all difficult. It's all challenging. Seeing the truth of what happened, shit show. Um, realize, you know, letting go of all these emotions, shit show. Um, it's just like, it's just, you know, difficult, right? Um, watching all these energies come up watching them fight till the end to, you know, complete, to sort of keep control over you so that you don't um, so that you don't leave. You know, you're asked, you, you know, she's saying you've got to die. I mean, life is always saying you've got to transform. You've got to die. You've got to move into the next place that, that is the you that you came to be, that you were stolen from. Um, so it's this sort of tearing down and then rebuilding of a life that you've never known or never been. You can't be in between it. You can't stay in, in the between worlds. You can't, <clears throat> you can't go back to what you are. You can't stay static in this place. Again, it's like the iceberg. It's constantly, little by little, little pushes, little pushes. It's pushing you forward. Um, and in the same way that you begin to trust, begin to trust the truth, even though you've never known it of you, you begin to ease into it with the help of this great medicine. And yeah, part of you was this thing for the last whatever years. You know, it's like however long you've been playing your role, you've accommodated it, you've built it, you've <coughs> you wear the same, it's like I've been wearing the same uniform every day. What's, you know, yeah, what what about this new uniform? I don't, you know. It's 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 all transition. It's all change, death. I would say not again physical, but just you know in this place of spirituality or whatever you want to call it, in your d spiritual place. And <coughs> again, it's going somewhere new. All of this is the arrival to a new place. The shedding, it's new to arrive to the truth. That's t certainly new if you, you know, pretended another person into existence. So that's new. It's new to, you know, have emotions that you've never had about these people. It's new to get an aerial view of the horror 
it's new if you're being, you know, asked to dissolve because every piece of the horror you see makes you, dissolves you more and more. Um, seeing entities come up through you which are kind of dark, trying to frighten you. And then trusting, sitting, continue to sit, and then trusting the path that's going to be unfolded in front of you. You're being shown the way out into the light. You're being shown the way home. I asked for it, you know, take me home. But it will never be what you think it's going to be. It's never going to show up the way you think it's going to show up. You can't do your old self anymore. It just doesn't work. It can't. It was built out of terror and motivations and things you just refused, denied. Once all the lights are switched on, you know, in that old attic and everything is seen, you can't hide it again and pretend it didn't happen or it wasn't true. Or, um, and there's only one way forward and that's to a place that you've never known. In the same way you didn't know that you were trapped in the dark. You don't know where, you know, um, what the next part of this journey will entail. I think it's all been complete and utter ignorance, really. It's like hiding under the sheets, hoping the monster will go away. And eventually you just have to see the monster. And then eventually, you can actually get out of bed and think, okay, well, and go and start treading this, this, this very new place in which you actually are who you are. You actually perform and are, you know, the work of the universe or the, the existence of the universe, which is what you were before you were stolen or, t or you know, all the trauma happened. It's like there are two very definitive moments there's the moment before the Big Bang and the moment after the Big Bang. There's a moment before you were hurt and there was a moment after. There was a moment before, it's like the, uh, you know, Zen Kaman, what was my original face before my mother and father was born. There's a moment before you were born and the moment after. And in a way, you're really returning to the moment before. That's what the cleansing has done. That's what the ayahuasca has done. She has built, she has replanted my childhood. She's replanted the damage that was done. She's reseeded, you know, that garden that was just carpet bombed by evil. That piece of me that was damaged, like the octopus's tentacle that was cut off has been renewed through love, loving and guiding and protecting and basically, you know, reliving the experience of childhood with these guides, you know, the Indians, the Shipibo. She's replanted this piece that was, you know, cut up, didn't exist, was just truly damaged. My experience with childhood was totally and utterly damaged. 
by being sent out to be sexually abused. So she has, <clears throat> again, it's a she because it's in my whatever vocabulary is that um, she has returned my childhood. She's kind of given me my limb back. Like if, if it was an arm that was chopped up, she put back my arm. And the only way I can arrive to that authenticity and return to a wholeness is by giving me back the piece that was stolen, which is my childhood. She's sort of re-cured it. And by giving me back that childhood, she's given me back myself. And then consequently with all the understanding and knowledge, You know, that piece that was, that the, the thing that was built for your trauma disappeared. You know, it just, it doesn't have any legs. But now the next test is, well, now, you know, nothing else, you know, there's no reason to be doing anything, right? If everything was built out of trauma, then all of it is wrong. Where you live, what you do, who you are, the reason for being where you are, it's all just... It has no meaning anymore. You can finally open the window and say, well, wow, what is it that, I, that moves me, that makes, that's authentic to my experience of life? That's the flow, that's the, you know, right? So, Ayahuasca is about cleansing, it's about death, don't expect it to be addition, it's really about subtraction. It's all about subtraction. And cleansing. And constantly moving through you to keep showing you more and more and more. And the more you take it, the pricklier it gets, it does not get easier, <laughs> by the way. It just takes you deeper and deeper, which can get darker and darker. Until you release it all. So it's a journey, but the journey is, as I say, to before the Big Bang. You know, what was my original face before my mother and father was born? In my first ceremony, I was the bird in the forest. It was just, I was so at home when I, you know, I got clicked in with the, uh, the Ikaros. It was like, oh, I was one. And then, boom, the moment that little girl was abused, that completely shut down. So it's about returning to your original state, to the original intention of you, to your original joy, to everything that existed before the dark cloud moved in and fucked you over and held you hostage. And it's a dissolution of that attachment, the dissolving. The ability to see the truth. You know, as I said to myself, if you're not loved when you're little, you're not going to be loved by it when you're older. Right? People don't change. People don't, you're not, you know, it's not like you're going to go back there and things are going to be different. It doesn't really work like that. They are who they are. And, you know, if you don't want to breathe in toxicity, then you have to change the whole spectrum, right?
but you can't change it until you see the actual truth. And that's what the ayahuasca does. The cleansing is, here's the truth. Here are the feelings. Here's what you built. Here's why you built it. This is who they are. Here's what's left over. The next step is, you know, is you without any of that. What that looks like, I don't really know. But I know it's next on the menu. Bye. <laughs>